Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Thanks for joining us. That's right. Glad you are with us as we talk about financial matters. Um because that's what we tend to do. And if you want to be part of our program, to join us, 833-99-WORTH. We'll get you on the show, 833-99-WORTH. Or if you're just, uh, you want to schedule a time in the future, you can send us an email. We're not going to read your email, because I think it makes very Well, we're not going to read it on the air. Yeah, it sounds boring. But we will read it. Jim from San Jose asks, um, but we'll... We'll use that to schedule a time for you to join us on our recording for our program. If you would like, like to, to join us. Yeah, and if you would, it's questions at moneymatters.com. Questions at moneymatters.com, and then we'll get you on. And before we go to the calls, um, car prices, used car prices, new car prices, car prices, it's baffling. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I uh, read an article last week that 88% of our all car sales, new car sales, that took place in 2021 were at sticker price or higher. What percent? 88%. So I have a friend who is um, a professional car salesman. He has been doing it for 30 years, very good at it, has a, you know, a stable of uh, clients that he continues to sell nice cars to over and over again, right? Um, many would consider it a luxury brand, a friend of mine. And uh, I was asking him, I said, what's it like? He said, it's amazing. He said, he's never seen anything like it. He said, we don't negotiate on the price at all. He says, he's never, he's been doing it for 30 years. He said, you know, people would come and say, I'm willing to pay this. He says, we just look at him and say, okay, well, that's good for you. Glad you're willing to pay that. Uh, this is what the car cost. This is how much it cost. So I asked him, I said, are you selling an above sticker? He said, yes, the dealership puts a price on it, and it sells above sticker. I'm like, how about a hard to get one? Like one that's really hard to get. He said, oh, the most he has seen one go at above sticker was $100,000 above sticker. So he said the limited ones with the fancy rims and the uh, and the second highest one was 70000 So what he said is that, you know, the factory is only going to send you so many of the nicest cars and that are the most in demand. And you have a dealership and you put whatever price on it you think you can get. And when people come and look at it and oogle over. What happens whatever. when the supply chain catches up and. Oh, I don't think the if you were a car dealer right now, would you worry about that? No, he, you're going to make as much money as you can. He, he said the problem is there's no – he said obviously there's no inventory to sell. Um, he said they don't have much inventory, so that's why they're able to actually keep their margins really, really high, so the net profit is about I was talking same. to a guy uh, in the automobile industry, and they have three dealerships. They said that we would typically average 600 cars. He says we have 82. 82. Versus 600. Their inventory. So like seven, eight percent of their normal. Yep, that's right. You can see it driving by by car dealers, right? Yeah. It's really strange. And it's like the pandemic. I mean, I, I see some of these used car prices are up 50 percent. Look, so and by the way, if you've got a lease that's coming up soon. From a financial standpoint, just buy out your car when you get it. Odds are it's worth more than your uh, residual value, number one. Uh, secondly, you probably don't have as many miles as you would have normal because you were yes. locked, locked down for a period of the time. Uh, and just from a fi- from a financial standpoint, instead of trying to go out and buy a brand new car and pay that huge markup, I uh, so my I, my car is a 2015, so seven years old. It's got 95,000 miles on it. I cannot remember, you know, when I have put less miles on a car than that, less than fifteen thousand dollars a year. And I was looking at it, and I'm like. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to treat myself. So I went and got it detailed. <laughs> and then I went to the dealership and I bought some of the touch-up paint 
uh, that they sell in the little, uh-huh. and I went around. You did? Yeah. Personally? And yeah, and I touched it all up. <laughs> looks great. I can't wait till you're like 75, Pat. What kind of things you'll be doing? <laughs> it looks great. I had to use a two-step process to touch up the paint. Looks good. You probably could have brought it somewhere for a couple hundred bucks to have them do that. It might have been. Uh... Well, I didn't know. It looks great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, let's uh let's take some calls. 833-99 worth is the number. 833-999-6784. Let's go to Illinois and talk with David. David, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hi. Um I have a qu- I have a question about um high dividend stocks. Okay. I have a friend who retired at I have a friend who retired a number of years ago, and I think he's fairly smart with with investing. And what he decided is to take a significant portion of his retirement funds and invest them in stocks that have a long-term history of giving a pretty high uh, dividend yield. So he's focused a good portion of his retirement money on on these kinds of stocks. And I don't know if there's an ETF that focuses on these or not, but this is what he does. So I was wondering what you think of seeking out high-dividend stocks as part of a retirement portfolio. Um, I mean, it's certainly a way to go. It's certainly, you can certainly build a retirement plan that way. Just like you can, you probably have somebody you know that has all their money in rental rental properties and gets the retirement income that way or might have some friends that, so there's lots of different ways you can structure things. It wouldn't be my first way because I think there's some, there's some risk that goes along with that. If you're focused on high pay, dividend paying uh, companies, they tend to be much more mature uh, industries. Companies have been around for a while. Um, they're not the they're not the companies that are experiencing rapid growth. They're on the value side of the equation, and value stocks, uh, until recently, have underperformed. The last decade have been really rough. Underperformed growth stocks significantly, and so if you think about how you would set up your retirement portfolio. I think we would take clues from some of the largest pension funds in the United States. And the largest pension funds in the United States manage pensions, income streams for masters of people, retirees, which are very similar to who you are. And so how would a pension fund? Highly diverse. Highly diverse with growth, land, and value in their large medium and small company stocks some foreign right and then highly they, diversified and then they'd own a little bit of real estate in there either directly or through REITs they would probably own a little bit of private equity depending upon their access to it and the and the, how much volatility that they're willing to withstand and they would own fixed income so the idea of taking a portfolio and putting it in a value sector because I'm so concentrated on that dividend ignores the rest of the marketplace. And if you're going to do it, you mentioned ETF. Like That would be a better way to do it than just say, I'm going to go pick 10 stocks. Um, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't go into my retirement building a portfolio of high yield uh, value stocks. Um, and it's, and especially if they were paying significantly higher dividends uh, than their earnings, which isn't unusual. Which is kind of, it was AT&T, I think, just a few weeks back. They, have, they had a huge dividend. They just whacked their dividend, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That, that was one of the big old line companies. So um, that's the answer. Does that help? Yeah, thanks. As I say, um, he seems to have done okay with it, but then he's a very active trader. So I think he follows his oh, pretty oh, aggressively. Okay. I, 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 oh, I, I, but, but, but it's okay compared to what? Right. I was gonna, it's been a bull market. If I were a betting man, like if. if Studies have shown that individual investors underperform the markets. So if if he's got 100% of his portfolio in value stocks that are high dividend and used, and he says he's done okay, I would say, okay, well, how did you do compared to the S&P 500 on a risk-adjusted basis, right? And so what we're trying That's to do there, enough. right? Because – but I, I think he's only got about half of his stock, half, half okay. of his portfolio this way. So God, let me ask you. Are, so let me ask you this: Are you retiring soon, or are you currently retired? I will be in a couple of years. So I wasn't thinking of doing this strategy. I was more thinking about how 
smart he was to do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look, well, and, and I think the way I started the, your, the answer is like there's lots of different ways to approach this. And like I don't – it wouldn't be my preferred way. I don't think it's a – if you've got enough money saved at retirement, you could – maybe you don't maximum ret- – yeah, it's not how I would. Well, do yeah, I, Scott, I read an article. <laughs> I read an article this morning that talked about how small cap value over the last seventy-five years has outperformed uh, the S and P five hundred. Okay. It, but as you read through the article, it said even taking into account the underperformance of the small cap values the last fifteen years, you still would have outperformed. And I'm thinking, well, who owned it 15 years ago? Well, that's my point. It was like, but who's going to stay with that strategy that's, for that long? That's exactly right. Right? When things are out of favor, if you're in one strategy and you go through years of that strategy being under underperforming, investors have a tendency to sell at the wrong times. They get out and move to typically it's something that's already run up. But in saying that, you just said you think half of his portfolio is in this sort of what we call the value bucket. If the other half of the portfolio is in the growth bucket and he's got no bond, then perfect. Then perfect. Well, depending on his income needs or whatever. Yeah, but if you've got lots and lots and lots of money, you can have 100% of your portfolio in stocks, in retirement, or you could have 100% of your portfolio in cash if you've got more than enough assets to, to satisfy your needs. Correct. All right, does that help, David? Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. All right, we wish you well. I've never had that kind of conversation with any of my friends about how, um, I guess I'm not retired. Well, like digging into the in portfolio the industry. Or, I guess that's true, huh? Who is it that said to me the other day? Oh, yeah, just a friend of mine said, yeah, he says, I asked you a financial question one day, and it was it was like on the weekend or an evening. He said, I don't remember when it was, but you weren't work. And you just turned to me and said, I'm off work. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> right. He said, this is years ago. And he said, I'd never ask about anything since. And I said, thank you. <laughs> I did. I enjoy hanging out with him. I don't want to sit and hang out and talk about the stuff I do all day long. Yeah. Actually, I've been having some knee issues. So I'm trying to make um, friends with some orthopedists so I could... <laughs> <laughs> we're out for dinner. Hey, could you? This is making this <laughs> on the the, the 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 most extreme situation I've seen where people just be a little inappropriate of asking a financial question. Literally, Christmas Eve, I'm walking into church with my family. Kids were young, all dressed in perfect for church, right? And it was one of the pastors of the church. Stop! Really? He started to ask me a financial question. Christmas Eve. <laughs> he- I, I st- I just looked at him. I said, "It's Christmas Eve." What did he say? I really don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I don't know. You're going look. I'm here as a quiet. I need to hear you talk about the birth of Christ. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve, right? You're like, uh, he's sitting there thinking. He's sitting there thinking about his financial life on Christmas Eve. That's kind of hey, funny. I'm waiting for Scott Hansen to come walking in so I can ask him this question. Call the program. That's why you want to call the show. Would love to take your call. 833 really, Seriously, I, I, I have a blast doing this when we're sitting in the- Not on Christmas Eve? In the oh, studio. I rushed right home after Christmas Eve mass. And I, I looked at my portfolio. <laughs> I typed up and I did a nice financial plan for him. Like, why don't- I said, you know what? During the singing part, the caroling part, we've all heard those carols. Let's go in the side room and we'll do a little financial planning. Okay, that's enough. We get the point. 833-99-WORTH. Yeah. Eight three three nine 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 six seven eight four. If you'd like to join the show, and by the way, even if your best <laughs> friend's a financial advisor, you call us. You're not bothering them. <laughs> Let's. Uh, we're in Michigan talking with Randy. Randy with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, good Randy. Afternoon or good evening or whatever time it is. Exactly. <laughs> what could we do for you? Hey, uh, just. Uh, I don't want to say it's a quick question because investing, there's nothing quick about it. Um, but uh, I'm retired, be 58 this year. Um, I have some income from the military, VA, and another uh, little bit of extra income um, coming in. I am not working outside the home anymore, uh, working for the man or what have you. My <laughs> wife is 
couple couple years younger than me, doing some 1099 income, nothing big. Uh, I, I guess just that on an average per month that we're making, um, maybe seven thousand dollars a month. That's your uh, um, the family income of all those sources yes. you just mentioned. Yes. Okay. Um, we're, we're living within our means, probably below our means. Um, the thing is, I don't have any money coming in other than my wife's 1099 and I don't know how much longer she's going to be doing that. Uh, but well, how much is your pension, <laughs> your pension income? My pension from the military is about two, I get about 28 grand a year. And you said there was other income other than the 1099. Is that rental income or? Uh, no, it's VA compensation disability. Okay. Um, and that's about another 24,000, 25,000 a year. And will that continue forever or till age 65? Uh, that, 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 that'll continue though. The military pension and the VA compensation will continue until I die. Okay. okay. So that's $53,000 a year. And so she's, yep. not, she's making about $17,000 a year in 1099 income. Well, you're about 20 grand a okay. year. All right. Nine. Okay. Um, so my, my thing is, is I was with an investment firm and they had me at 90% plus straight stocks, individual stocks and 10 to, you know, eight to 12% max, 12% max. It is, uh, just in the bonds. I asked about diversification when I got on board with them. I said, Hey, I don't have any new money coming in. Uh, I can contribute to the Roth. We can contribute to the Roth due to my wife's 1099 income mm-hmm. up to that, her amount, obviously. But uh, I'm, I'm thinking, don't you think this is a little risky? Oh, you got all that income. You're living below your means. Let's just ride everything out. Uh, and so, I was like, yeah. So let's, let me Is ask this you, money in your 401k or IRA? Thank for, you. Or is it in a brokerage well, account? Yeah, the, it's in a brokerage account, which consists of, Mine and my wife's, we have a Roth IRA each. We each have a traditional. And then uh, we have a joint account. <clears throat> and how much is the total account balance between all three of those? Uh, close to 800000 And you said you're 58 years of age. Yes. Uh, and your wife's a few years younger. Are you Social Security eligible at age 62? Yes. And will your wife yes. be as well? Uh, no, she don't have enough credits. Uh, how close is and she to the... It's, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be pointless. I already calculated it out. It's going to be pointless for her to, you know, I says, Hey, you can keep contributing, doing whatever for your 1099 income, because that's, that's what you're doing. But the, the, the good thing about that is we can contribute to the Roth as long as she's making the yep. minimum requirements for income, um, for hers and mine. But, uh, yeah, we did the calculation. I think she only has, like, I think she needs, like, 12 more credits. All right, so three I, years. I on this, so and with yeah, this advisor, years. did you did you have much discussion? So you said, I wouldn't, I think it's too risky, and he says, no, it's fine, let's just write it. No, not only have I had discussions, I've had face-to-face, emails, text, and everything with with the, I guess she was a CFP, and then her assistant. And uh, I says, hey, all these questionnaires that I filled out, you know, I says, I know you got to, you want me to fill out these questionnaires because it'd be, maybe if you get audited or see the Security Exchange Commission come in, you don't want to be good and put me at a high risk and I'm all, everything's at low or whatever. I says, for, for whatever the reason, but I'm expressing a concern now. And now, meaning almost a year and a half ago, way before this scared, all before this correction and all these things going down now. And I was like, hey, I want to preserve what I have because I didn't start investing until like 91 or 92. I started out with $1 dollar cost average out of mutual funds. And, uh, you know, we pretty much are zero debt. And they just, uh, but, but, but Randy, it sounds like they didn't listen to you at all. Like, and here's how I look at it is you're balancing wants and needs, your desires and your needs. So from a need standpoint, you're kind of looking at, I'm looking at thinking, you probably don't need much income off this portfolio. Once Social Security kicks in for both yeah. you and your spouse, you'll be fine. Okay. That's from a need standpoint. 
from a yeah. desire standpoint, you're saying, I worked, I saved really hard. I don't want to see this. I, I don't want, I don't want to be in that much risk. And so, and you obviously have a clue as to how this all works, right? You were the one that brought up risk, not them. So I don't understand why they why wouldn't, wouldn't move they have this it back on seventy percent. I don't understand 60%? it. I it, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, they just says just write it out, and I I I, I had a meeting with them, and I says, hey, you know what? That's fine. You have no skin in the game because that's right. Fifty percent of you. When I lose fifty percent of my portfolio, and I got to live a certain way, and now it's I've been riding it out all these years. You're saying. Um, she goes, but look how good it's been doing. I said, a monkey could be making money the last couple of years, few years, you know. I love you. Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm just a, sitting there thinking, I think, what the, what's wrong with? So, are you still in this? Are you still in this portfolio today? No, I'm not. I'm in the, I'm in the positions now of reallocating, and I'm talking to someone else that's a CFA, C, CFP, and uh, uh, and a CPA. I'm getting them all under one roof. And uh, we're, we're talking, and he says, Randy, he goes, you are way too exposed into what you want or what you're requesting. He goes, let's throttle down a little bit to about 75. We'll get into more allocation or, excuse me, diversification other than your, other than the straight yep. stocks and, and bonds. He goes, we can get into ETFs. We can get into gold, silver. If you want to get into Bitcoin, we can. If you want oh, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes, wait, oh, stop. Look. They're trying to sell you something. I'm just telling yeah. you that they offered you Bitcoin. If you want to get into gold, if you want to get into silver, if you went to a doctor and you said, I'm feeling like this and they go, well, you know what? If you wanted, <laughs> if you wanted, you would run. Would you prefer the amoxicillin or the, would the penicillin be better uh, for uh, you? And if you yeah, want, no, we could I, give it injectable. We could give these pills. What do you want? <laughs> Yeah, okay. There's three options, yeah. <laughs> right? Door number one, door number two. Oh, dude, I, don't need to, I don't think I need to run from these guys. I think I got, uh, with all due respect, this comment is, is I think you guys interjected just a little too early. But okay. he says, if you guys want this, he goes, I can do stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. But if you want a gold, Bitcoin, silver, and all these commodities, he says, I don't think it's going to work out because I don't advise that. Oh, perfect. Okay, right. I did jump in way too early. So here's here's where I would lay into your portfolio, right? And and what, what I wish you hadn't done was liquidate 100% of the positions because of the tax implications. Did you? Uh, probably. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's right in the process. And that's what I told him. I says, hey, I says, now I got all these gains. Okay. And, you know, I'm... I know I made some gains because when I started, I just when I started with this other financial they didn't keep firm, they didn't keep any of those positions. I, I'm not I'm not sure. We're just we're just on okay. day one or day two. Okay. I looked at it yesterday. It looks like there's still some that are that are, that are staying idle. Okay, so Randy, um, so the the best way to do it is that inside the IRAs and the Roth IRAs, you can bring it over in cash, and it's not going to make a bit of difference. In the brokerage account, or what you call the joint account, you would have wanted what's called a transfer in kind, where they transfer the uh, the positions themselves over, and then that advisor can take time unwinding those positions for the most tax efficiency that they could get oh, out of okay. it. Um, oh, that that's probably what he's doing then, because I signed some papers, and uh, I signed papers, and he says we're just gonna okay, so that's what he's doing then. Yeah, you've got probably. a good advisor. You've probably got, look. That's what most good advisors would do. You've got it. And you've then, got a frankly, good if you own some position, you've owned Apple for twenty years. It makes no sense for you to sell Apple, pay the tax, and then go buy an S and P five hundred fund. Instead, you'd say, okay, let's build our. We know what the portfolio would what we want it to look like. We already have these ingredients, so. Let's sprinkle some other stuff around to get to the allocation we want while still keeping. And that's called direct indexing. Um, but it, oh, right, but right. from what you have told us so far, uh, you, I would have advised you to leave that other advisor. I don't understand why they would fight you on that so much. Um, and it sounds yeah. like the advisor you have now is the right advisor. Right. And what you want them to do is an income plan, a financial plan that shows income. And when you should start Social Security, when your spouse should start Social Security and whether you should actually be doing Roth conversions between now and required minimum distributions. Well, that's that's one thing that he did mention. He goes, Randy, he goes, yeah, good. This is you got a good advisor. Meet. 
There's a lot of good advisors out there, by the way. So sometimes we have people calling; they're just horrible advisors. There's a lot of good advisors. So what? Out it, there. Certified financial yeah. planner. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. Randy, we're we're almost out of time, but it sounds like you've got a great advisor. Right. Uh, just one more thing. I know I'm short for time, but one thing he does want to do is he wants to eventually get rid of the joint account and go everything Roth. He just wants to convert everything. There as we much go. As, we can. as much as you can. As within much tax as you can. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Why would, Great idea. Why wouldn't she want everything? Great idea. So Roth he's going to use that brokerage account to pay the money from the conversion to the Roth. Perfect. Yeah. Great We're taking idea. a quick break. Um, this is All Worth Money Matters. We'll be right back. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Matt McLean. Thanks for uh, staying with us. So, yeah. And if you're listening on a podcast. I don't think they've stayed with us at all if they're listening to podcasts. I think the break just goes right to back to where we're talking. Well, they could have quit listening at any part in the first half, so... But my point it being, is kind of the nice thing about podcasts. There's a particular caller you think, I don't need to hear this one. Just go forward or forward a little bit. But um, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, our head of marketing said that if we get enough reviews and enough listeners, we will hit a tipping point. And in this <laughs> tipping point, apparently we just apparently. we explode onto the uh, under the podcast scene. Um, a la Joe, right up there with Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. Yeah. And we're really looking without the disclaimers now. Yeah, there's no, we don't. But have a- there's nothing I'd like more than a multi-million dollar a year podcast contract. <laughs> quite frankly, well, you know, it's before it was first reported was 100, 100 million bucks they're paying him. Then this, someone came out and there's an article saying they, they think it's actually two hundred million that oh. Spotify paid him. Well, so I we do it for a tenth of that. <laughs> Quite frankly. But the only way we're going to get to those sort of riches is if you share this with your friends or give us a higher ranking, a high ranking, if you so desire, a review, or a combination of the two. Because when we hit the tipping point, we will come on this show and announce the tipping point. And perhaps you can... Get to have someone help paint your car next time. Oh, but just I touch up my my own car? Yes. Well, like a friend of mine's. <laughs> huh? I have a friend that he always talking about his money, and he said, "You know what the the beautiful thing about my money is? And his like, money. Yeah, like how he likes to save his money. And I agree with him. He likes to save his money. Likes okay, to keep that's it. Good. Yeah. You can only spend it him. once. Well, yeah. Of course, you can only spend it you can once. Only spend that's that why all at once. Yeah. It's funny. I have two kids that are just opposite, and I talked to both of them today. And, and we're going to go back to calls here in a second. <clears throat> My son, he, first of all, he looks—he almost looks homeless. Okay, <laughs> not quite that he's bad. A nice, he's a smart kid. Oh yeah, he went to Boston College. He's—that's his look. Um, and I think there's some young kids that kind of like. So he's just—he's got this, this old kind of beat-up Subaru that he drives around, and his hair is really long, and his—he doesn't even like really care about his clothes much, and. He's just not really into that stuff. But he, and so he, he had saved it. He did his taxes, and he called to tell me he had several thousand set aside for his tax bill, and it was a fraction of that. Oh. So he's got all this extra money that he didn't think he was going to have. And he makes – he teaches paragliding. He's, he's won't do this forever, but this we've doing for a couple of years. So he makes very little money, and he's got all this money. And I talked to my daughter five minutes after that, and she's telling me how broke she is. And I said – wasn't that Instagram pictures last week of you and Aspen skiing in Aspen? She said, well, I have the icon pass. I said, yeah. What about that charcuterie board that you guys were eating at lunch and that glass of wine I saw and the bottle of champagne that you were sharing with your friends? <laughs> what did she She's kind of laughs. I mean, I said to me, that doesn't look like a broke person <laughs> hanging out in Aspen with the rich kids. That's <laughs> Because she has not a penny saved. Was she looking for money? Not a penny saved. Uh, not today. <laughs> that she was just throwing that at me just to let her know. Yeah, she, she was priming the well. Yeah, or priming not, the pump. Yeah, it's not going to work. But yeah, I'm sure it will. <laughs> Are you sure it will? <laughs> I think she thinks long term. She doesn't need to worry about her retirement. Well, yeah, you don't want them to think completely like that. Uh, anyway, 
Sorry, right. we did a Sorry. side note there. But uh, well, let's all right. go to the calls. 9-833-99-WORTH, if you'd like to join the show. We're in Arizona talking with Nick. Nick, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. There By the way, I love kids. I love both you guys, if you hear this thing. So. Do you think <laughs> your kids will ever listen no. to your show? One of her friends might tell her. Your dad's ripping on you. Okay. Sure. Anyway, Nick, now, now to you. The, the focus of the, co- the, of the show is the callers. <laughs> right. Thanks, guys. I want to see if you could uh, help me out with uh, the investments I'm, I'm doing in my wife and I's 401ks. Last year, I switched from uh, uh, target date funds. Um, mostly to get it to 100% equities after listening to you guys for a while. And then also the, the cost of the funds is, was more expensive than picking some of the cheaper ones. And what my goal was, was to try to get between the two of our 401ks, get 80% of the total market and then 20% international. How old are you, Nick? But I've got uh, 43. Okay. Uh but uh, the, the couple of challenges is one: we both have S and P S and P five hundred indexes, and we both have uh, foreign large blend index options. But I've got mid cap, and she's got small blend in hers. And then she didn't work outside of the home for a while, so she's a little bit behind me. So, of the total of the two four hundred one ks, hers makes up about twenty five percent of uh, okay. the total. All right. So what I what I tried to do was do uh, just allocate, you know, heavy S and P 500 in mine. Um, so I've got like 84 percent S and P 500. All right. So what's then, what's what's your oh, account sorry. balance? What's your account balance? Mine is 457 thousand, and hers is 100 and 134,000. Okay. So we're gonna call it. Well, let's call it 150 for easy numbers. Okay. So we're at 600,000 total. All righty. And so the way I have it worked out, I am very heavy in S&P 500, only 13% in mid-cap and 3% international. And then she's 78% uh, international and 22% um, small blend and then nothing in the S&P 500. But the overall mix it gives us is about 65% S&P 500, 10% mid-cap, 5% small cap, and 20% international. I just didn't know if textbook that wise, that's perfect. Is, is the, that safe across two accounts? Yeah. Textbook. Okay. Wise, here's my only concern on this. They're going to this. For the last number of years, for example, international has lagged the U.S. stock market. So what there could be a 10. You, you could look at the portfolio and say, huh, this account just doesn't seem to be doing very well. The next year, boy, it's just not keeping up, and and so you throw in the towel at probably the wrong time. Now, if you right. if you come into this with eyes wide open and say, "Look, this is my allocation. I'm going to stick with for the next ten years, regardless," then I think it's perfect. Okay, I, yeah, that's I, my plan. Do we just keep rebalancing it? Keep everything the same, no matter what. Perfect. If you re- rebalance this twice a year. At that exact same 65, 10, 5, 20, right? Uh, and do it twice a year, you're, you're perfect. Even if you did it once a year, it'd be great. Uh, okay. I just wasn't sure if, you know, God forbid one of us were to pass away or something like that. Um, well, that in, in terms of managing man. the portfolio, oh, I hate to say it, that'd be the best thing that could happen. Um, <laughs> why? What do you mean? You don't need the money? <laughs> no, because you can put it in an IRA and you don't have to work around the uh, mandates of the uh, 401k. That's why I qualified it by the best okay. thing that could happen in terms of managing the portfolio. Be obviously awful. And I was just thinking there'd be no income needs because you're not there. Well, that, I, that I didn't well. even bring it that far. But um, <laughs> it, it, wait, so if you change employers or your spouse changes employers or there's a death, that money, you would immediately move it into an IRA and you would manage it in there. And then the menu of choices becomes, you know. Unlimited. Almost unlimited. Oh, right? Okay. So what you're doing right now with the constraints that sit around it, and you may even have what's called a self-directed brokerage account window in if you're working for a very large corporation. 
They might even have an S, what's called a self-directed SDBA, self-directed yeah, brokerage, brokerage link, or they call it different names. Along those, that you could actually move the money into a regular brokerage account. You buy an ETF. And the, the problem with those, though, is that the transaction cost, the, you can lower the fees, but the transaction costs have a tendency to be a little bit sometimes. higher. Sometimes. Have a uh, tendency. Okay. So check to see if you have an SDBA window. Um, are you working for? Are you both working for a large company? Um, yes. Yeah, we both work for pretty big companies. My guess is that there's a good chance they might have an SDBA, which is a self-directed brokerage oh, okay. window. Majority of plans do. And all you do is you then you could make identical portfolios without actually paying attention to the menu that they're giving you in your 401k. But minus that, you've done a great job. Okay, perfect. And you have children at home? I do. Three. And I assume you have a, a large amount of term life insurance on both you and your spouse? I I have a million and a half on me and um, half a million on my wife. Okay. I, and I assume you're funding the 529 plans? I actually am not. We, <laughs> we didn't want to pay for our kids' college because we're not the type of people to pay for it and not have strong opinions on how the money gets spent. So... Good for you. They wanted to hear exactly what they're going to do when they grow up. We figured they should pay for it themselves. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. Listen, you know. Maybe they won't be 26 years old and calling you after being skiing in Aspen and saying they're broke. (laughs) (laughs) She does live in Denver, so she drove there. Yeah. She just hangs out. The problem with hanging out with rich friends is you think that you might become one of them, right? I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. Anyway, uh, great job. Great job. All right. Thanks, guys, so much. I appreciate it. Wish you well, Nick. Thanks. That's, that's, um, that's funny. Funny, yeah. <laughs> well, the funny, when she was like in um, third grade, I think it was third grade, it was back to school night or whatever, parent-teacher parent teacher conference. You go down and sit in the, the little table there. And they say, oh, Jessica, she's doing great in this. She's got hair. She said, the one thing, she doesn't know her money. <laughs> so what do you mean? She's like, she doesn't like the quarters and dimes. She doesn't. And I thought, here I am. What grade was she? Like third grade. (laughs) Okay. Like, we better start the allowance here soon or some sort of (laughs) program for to, huh? Moving along. I'm going to, I'm speaking of uh, education, I, uh, I'm going, my daughter teaches at a school and uh, she asked me to come in and volunteer. So I got my criminal background check this week and I had my TB test. Um, Conducted. You have to have a TB test. Yes, I have to have a TB. I passed, uh, and I did pass the criminal background check, and so and I am cleared to work in her classroom. And elementary school. I went fifth grade. Yeah. Why do you need a TB test? I I don't ask. Didn't ask questions. What about a COVID test? They didn't. Um, but I I had the COVID. And what are you going to be doing? I don't know. Um, I don't know. She asked me if I would help them. Uh, they're planning some sort of garden, which I would enjoy. Or just help them um, tutor reading. Um. I was science professor on, on Fridays when my daughter was in uh, my oldest daughter was in kindergarten. Was that fun with John Gooden, uh, another father of kid there? I, I, I was more nervous about the presentation <laughs> each week than anything I did at work. I know, <laughs> really? and they were kindergartners, but like trying to you know you drop a big ball and a little ball at the same time. Which one's going to hit the ground first? And <laughs> anyway, so uh, I'm uh, getting back into the uh, you know the uh, education Ed- part of the. <laughs> My daughter's classroom. I can see that you're going to be great for about two hours. Oh, I know. (laughs) Where's Mr. McLean? Ah, My dad didn't have the longest attention span. Actually, it's it's, it's my son. I said, you know, Connor, when I retire, I think I'm going to lead like history tours in downtown Sacramento. And he goes, yeah, this is how it will be marketed. The tour is two hours long or as long as you stay interested. <laughs> as long as you stay interested. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, get back to the calls here. Uh, let's go to Florida and talk with Thomas. Thomas, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi. Hi, Thomas. Uh, you Jimmy? Yeah, we're good. What can we do for you? Okay, so... Uh, Thank you guys for taking my call. I appreciate it a lot. I've been listening to you guys now for the past about, I don't know, like six or seven months. I uh, really enjoy the oh, show. Good. I listen to you well, guys do a podcast, actually. Yeah, well, thank you. So. Thank you for the uh, the review. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, a little sumptive clothes my, there, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. My uh, question is, I have like my, my, my wife here too. So um, we're kind of at a point now where we're trying to figure out like what to do next as far as saving and investing. Um, just kind of like a quick background right. here. We're both in our 30s. Um, we, uh, we both participate in our workplace retirement. We have a small Fidelity account. We, we bought a house last year, which we were saving for for a while. And um, we're kind of trying to figure out like what to do next. Um, over this past year, our, we've ended up saving a lot of money again. So now we have a, kind, of, kind of an excess of savings. So we're kind of trying to figure out what to do with that. Do you have any children? No. Is that something that might come up in the future? Is that the part yeah, of the that's, plan? That's that's like the uh, the uh, the million dollar question from from both of our families all the time. But I, I don't oh, know. I, mean, well, as of, as of right I don't now, really care one way or the other. I'm just for planning purposes. Just no, uh, no. I know, I know, I know. I mean, I, I mean, as of as of right now, we're 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 happy with okay with, with, with our lives now. And yeah. so, what is the approximate family income? Uh, approximately it's between 140 and 145,000. And you're maximizing your 401ks. Is that correct? No, no, actually currently right now we're not, we, we, we were closer to maximizing it up until about uh, a year and a half ago. And we were kind of advised to back that off because we were trying to save money to, to buy this house. Now we've bought the house. We've been in the house for seven, eight months now. So we're going to, we're going to push that back up again. And what's the value of the house? Uh, the value right now is around three thirty. And what's the mortgage? Mortgage? How, how much do we owe you? Yeah. Uh, we owe approximately uh, two hundred and thirty-seven thousand. Wow, good for you. Yeah, we we were able we we saved twenty percent to put down yeah. on the house, and then we've been you know paying it for. And you you missed that PMI. Good what, for you. What what is your what yeah. do you what do you want to do? I mean, like, what's your what are you guys hoping for? Yeah, what advice would you? Um, what advice do you think we should give you? <laughs> um, well, we're actually so we we have around fifty thousand dollars saved again in our in our savings account, and it's just like kind of sitting there. So we're we're comfortable. We we'd like to keep around twenty to twenty five thousand dollars in our savings, but that's going to leave us around twenty five to thirty thousand dollars is just kind of sitting in a bank account doing nothing. So we're just kind of curious as to have like, you guys established Roth IRAs? Uh, no, like I, we we just have our our two workplace retirement accounts, but um, haven't established anything outside of there outside of a, a small Fidelity account we just started about six months ago. Okay, let's so, just go through the list of things that we think you should do. Yeah, so uh, I mean, right now you can do a, a Roth IRA for two thousand and twenty one and a Roth IRA for two thousand and twenty two. Um, okay, and that'll use so uh, six thousand. Yeah, that that'll, that'll use about half of that fifty grand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, isn't I'm, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. So in 2021, we're able to put six thousand, and in 2022, we're able to put six thousand. Is that correct? Uh, we're looking it up, but I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so you'd fund both of those and just buy the S and P five hundred, and then okay, move your four hundred one k up to the maximum. Okay. And you live in the state of Florida. Florida. Would you do a Roth yeah. there, Scott, or would you do a regular uh, pre-tax contribution at one forty? I'd run the I'd run the numbers on the your four hundred one k probably pre-tax. But my here's the thing: you guys at, in your thirties, your career's obviously going well. You're making good income. Um, how, how much do you have in your four hundred one k's now? Um, I have approximately fifty-seven thousand, and she has approximately twenty-five thousand. You guys are good savers. Yeah, I, I would. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I would fund the Roth IRA yeah. with the cash you've got now. I would increase your retirement contributions to the point where you ensure that you don't have another fifty grand excess a year from now, right? Um, whether that's the maximum or getting, you know, fifteen percent of your income Close a minimum. Yeah, but the Roth IRA is the and, best place for taking half that cash right it, it, now. immediately. Um, what do you think? Um, we 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 have a Fidelity account now, so 
we've kind of just been like, because I don't really know what to do with it yet. The Fidelity account is just invested in the S&P 500. Yeah. So um, should we have a, a, a monthly amount that would go into that, just like a standard monthly amount that should be put into that? No. No, do the Roths. And then do your okay. and then do the four hundred one ks and if you have excess there, then you know okay. you could put money in. But yeah, I, I mean, doubt you'll have any excess after. I mean, that. the Roth's twelve. Right, right, right. And then you know the beautiful thing about the uh, the Roth IRA, if you leave it there till retirement time, it's tax free. But after five years, you can always take out your contributions without any taxes. Right. So, uh, I mean, it's a yeah. You definitely want to use that. You could borrow against your four hundred one k if you needed be if you had financial uh-huh. issues so that that uh, liquidity okay. isn't a, a worry and you're going to keep twenty five thousand dollars in cash you, once you're maxing out your workplace retirement plans maxing out the uh, roth iras then uh, save some money in the brokerage account if you want but i don't i, I think okay. that i think that by doing both those things you're not going to have much left over to save and spend okay. a little bit. I mean, bring okay. her down to TGI Fridays for a big Friday night out or <laughs> Chili's maybe. Yeah. We, 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 we sometimes have trouble spending money. So yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you got down there in uh, Florida? The Bennigan's pub or wherever you guys go. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Uh, one, one more question real quick. And this is just like uh, some, some general knowledge like questions. So in our, um, uh, in my, uh, my, my workplace 401k, I use the like the Roth option, right? So I, I pay my tax up front when it goes in. And my wife is just using like a, a standard 401k, so she's tax deferred. That's right. Um, Cause you, is, is there, my, my, my thoughts were that it'd be better for, for me to, to pay on the way in and not have to pay on the way out. But what, what are the, the, the advantages of each? Well, if, the, if your tax rate is generally. this, if your tax rate's exactly the same in retirement, it it's makes it's a wash. It makes no difference. But okay. so he, the the one advantage on the Roth is let's say you're going to put ten grand a year in, right? And mm-hmm. at the end of the year, you've got ten thousand in your in your Roth four hundred one k versus ten thousand in a in a traditional four hundred one k. Well, the traditional okay. where you take the tax that's got to be taxed one day, so you'll have more net right. spendable income uh, with the Roth IRA than you would a traditional. With your tax rate, the bracket you're in right now, you're you're in the 22% tax bracket. Just by looking at things, um, chance I'd have to run the numbers, but it looks like to me like you're a 22% tax bracket. Um, so what you're you're betting on that your tax rate in retirement is going to be higher than 22%. Well, but yeah, he's doing the Roth contribution, yeah. and she's not doing the Roth contribution. Right. So, so my guess is then you're splitting it down the middle. Yeah, then then if you're splitting it down the middle, I think you're fine. But that's why we we actually answered the question earlier when I said Scott, which would you go? Would you go Roth or pre-tax? If your income was a hundred grand, I would we would have said uh, Roth. Roth, but it's not right. So you might end up splitting the difference and do half and half, right? And it doesn't have to be. You could do half yours, right? So let's say you're putting in ten thousand dollars a year. You could do half of it, five grand. Roth half of it pre-tax, and your wife can do exactly the same. But I mean, so just to, just to, to to kind of well, that's you know that that could definitely be an idea for for just like simplicity reasons, like um, uh, as we as we both age in the next ten years, you know, we're we're going to be earning more money. So right. maybe I mean, would would it be a good idea for me to continue on the path that I'm on with the Roth or? or well, if your or income would it be was better for her for, for her to switch, yeah, you you would be better with an income if you're going to be you expect that you're going to be a higher income in retirement. Which my guess is you're, you're going, going to be an Iowa because you're such a good saver. You're a good saver uh, that the Roth is the best way to go. Okay. All right. Now, okay. It, it, minus any legislative changes, sure, or some sort of net worth tax, and you kind of—I mean, look, it, what you're making a bet on is future. You're bet you're betting on all those people back in Washington that, that they're not going to somehow yeah. change right? their mind and want to tax this. By the time okay. you're retired, it's going to be—well, I should say it's a whole new set of people, but you never know. Maybe someone's going to be hanging on still at 110 back there after 80 Strong years. Thurman. <laughs> So, but the reality is that the whole point, that's how they're the ones who create tax legislation. We could have a completely different structure in the future. We could have a a lower income tax rate with a value added tax as an example. Who knows? Like, I mean, we don't know what the future tax rates. So 
someone in your thirties, I personally kind of like the idea of doing a little bit of both, splitting it down the middle. Then yeah. okay. we don't but know what we do know. Okay. What we do know about tax, at least in the U.S., is historically it's been progressive, not regressive. Okay. In other words, the more income you make, the higher the tax rate is. Historically, over the long right. term. Yeah, that's not there's been period. There's been periods of time where it's been regressive, but over the long term, it's been more progressive than regressive. And I doubt that's going to change. I don't think so either. All right? Okay. That's, that's, right. Yeah, that, that, that's great. So we're definitely going to check out some, uh, some yep. uh, Roth. Just go 50-50. Uh, put our, put our money yep, yep. S&P 500, Roth. For you and your wife. Or 20, total stock market. And by total stock market or the S&P 500 for 21, 22. And then put the maximum into your 401ks. Uh, make it 100% stocks. Do half Roth, uh, half uh, And if you're saving, if you're saving 15% towards retirement, I, I, that's great. probably, then yeah. I think you could, if you want to save more, you can, but. Um, you're doing great. Yeah, you're doing, you're in the right track. Okay. So. I appreciate, I appreciate that a appreciate lot. Thank you. Yeah, I wish you well. Um, well we're just about out of time, but I want to re- uh, let you all know, I think we talked about this last week, but we've got on March 15th, 16th, 17th, and 19th, we're hosting our virtual workshop, Five Steps to Unlocking Social Security. <coughs> These are the five things you need to know today to maximize your benefits uh, in retirement. <coughs> Excuse me a second. So that's the March... 15th, which is a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Five steps to unlocking social And we're going to cover some of the more pressing questions that people have, like how do I maximize my overall retirement income and when's the best time for me to take it? How's the taxation of Social Security work today? What legislative changes could impact my benefits? Um, Are there some strategies to preserve my savings? How do I think about it? spouse do we take the same time or not we're going to be covering all those things and more again march 15th 16th 17th and 19th our virtual workshop is about 45 minutes and you'll be hosting that i that's right i will be hosting and it's at uh, allworthfinancial.com for more information and to register allworthfinancial.com it's been great being with you we'll see you next week this program has been brought to you by allworth financial a registered investment advisory firm Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.